Hey, welcome to the Noble Wise Men podcast, where anything is possible all through Christ. I'm your host, Kevin Leon, and I'm just an ordinary guy whose life was transformed by someone truly extraordinary. I believe that no one is too far gone, and it's never too late to start changing our thoughts and our behaviors for the better. The Noble Wise Men podcast is a Christian podcast created to help young men in their pursuit of truth, virtue, values, morals, mindsets, and perspectives. We release new episodes every single Monday, and you can visit us on our website at www.noblewisemen.com. There, you'll find links to all of our social media. That way you don't miss out on any of our content. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode, where I'll be going over the wisdom that is gained by following godly instruction. Let's get right into it. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit different because I'm going to be trying out a different format for the actual episode itself. I've been receiving feedback and and criticism, constructive criticism, of course, but receiving different things from different people and uh, listening to suggestions made by you guys, the viewers. So it's something I kind of intended for originally. I've always wanted this podcast to be between like 20 to 30 minutes long for the most part because I figure that's people's average commute time to work and something that they can listen to on the car ride either there or if you want to actually watch the video version of the podcast, which I encourage you to do if you're not doing it. You can watch it on YouTube, but it's not something that's very, very long. Um, so this episode, I'm going to try to keep within that 20 to 30 minute time frame. It's just in the past with the different topics I had to go over and discuss. It's like no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't get them below that 30 minutes like no matter what it was like 40 minutes to an hour just because so much stuff to talk about so much stuff to read but I'm going to do my best to keep it a little bit shorter this time so this week we're going to be talking about wisdom and not just any wisdom I want to start off by reading from the book of wisdom which is uh, the book of proverbs it's just a bunch of wise sayings it's mainly written by Solomon and the first thing that we're going to read is going to be from proverbs chapter 9 Verses 7 to 12, which says, Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. So I originally had a different topic to discuss for this week's episode. It was actually a suggestion from a younger viewer, and they wanted to know, what does the Bible say about outer space? So that was their question. They wanted to know what the Bible says about it, whether it's about the stars, the planets, just the cosmos, the universe. They wanted to know what the Bible has to say about it. So I was going to create a episode for them um, based on that suggestion and that topic about outer space. But I met with a very wise man this past weekend, um, had a very wonderful conversation, had um, some guidance, and I had to change this topic to reflect that. It was something that between that conversation and the Sunday service this week, I had to change the topic. But it's okay because we'll get to outer space Uh, next week. So stay tuned for that. But this is about wisdom. And we're going to talk about 
not just any wisdom, but in many ways, godly, divine wisdom. So if you notice in verse 10, it said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So this is where all wisdom comes from. Whenever you think of any discipline that we have today, whether it's science, whether it's the humanities, things like psychology, whatever it is, when these studies line up with the Bible, when they line up with God's word, they're usually true, obviously. They, they are things that carry sense. They make sense. They are beneficial to us, but it's because it lines up with the word. And oftentimes when we see these psychologists and these different people who go off of the basic principles in the Bible and go off on these other, whether it's new age things, whatever the case, oftentimes those new methods are not as fruitful because they veer off from the truth that is found in the word of God. And as we see, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So from this Sunday service, the reason I kind of changed this message the pastor that brought the message brought a, a message of encouragement. It was a message of hope, and it was a message about hanging on to your belief. And one of the things that he said was, good things come to those who believe, better things come to those who are patient, and the best things come to those who don't give up. And it was something, it was a very encouraging message, but it made me reflect and think about this specific verse, uh, Proverbs 9 verse 10, the verse about where it says knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And the, the preacher, the pastor who was speaking um, on this Sunday service, he shared two key points. He shared a bunch of stuff. It was wonderful, but I'm not here to re-preach that message to you. I'm not here to share what um, the pastor shared. But there's a couple key points that I took away from it that really resonated with me and stuck. The first principle he mentioned was to understand how God works in your life and the second principle was understand what God wants to do in your life. Once you understand these two things, how God works and what he wants to do in your life, you begin to see his hand and his fingerprints moving all over your life. And he mentioned it also in the message, but it made me think too, the same way how I've talked about before on here, where before I came to Christ, when I was an atheist, God was still with me. God was still working in my life. He was still moving. He was still watching over me. He was still drawing me to him. And he was still providing me many opportunities to know him, to get, you know, to understand him, to receive him. And a lot of times I just kind of shut it out and I, I brushed it off and moved past it. But after I came to Christ, I was able, and I guess you can say after I started to understand how God works and understand parts of what the word says about his purpose for us, not just me specifically, but us in general, what God wants for our lives. I was able to look back and see, like I mentioned in the first episode of this podcast, when I was a little kid, how God was working with me. When I boxed in high school and it was a Christian gym that we would always pray before the workouts and pray before the matches and do all these different kinds of things. I was able to see opportunities and moments in my life where God was reaching out, where he was already taking the first step to me and I had not yet realized it. But this is part of the message the pastor brought, was when you understand these two things, you begin to see your life differently. And this was a wonderful piece of wisdom that he shared. But I also want to read for you Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, which says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. 
And I really enjoy the amplified version of that. So the amplified version, for those of you that don't know, it's just a version or a translation of the Bible that in little brackets, they expand upon it to give you a better, fuller understanding of what the verses are saying. So the amplified version says, the reverent fear of the Lord, that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome, is the beginning and the preeminent part of knowledge, its starting point and its essence. But arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. So similar to what we read in, in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, where it says, knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This right here is almost, obviously this is the first part of the Proverbs. So this, this is mentioned and said before Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. But it says that the knowledge of God, the knowledge of essentially what Proverbs 9, 10 says of the Holy One, it is the starting point and the essence of knowledge. Fear of the Lord is the starting point and the essence of wisdom and knowledge because it all comes from him. When you think about it, we've mentioned this before, where even in science, science is just a study of creation. Knowledge and fear of the Lord is the understanding of the creator, right? It's the understanding we're all just part of God's creation. So the more we learn about it, the more we see God. The more we understand the world around us, the more we see how amazing and how wonderful it is, how God put it all together. We've talked about this when it comes to order and design and just the different evidence for God. But it's like when you see scientists that have, I was actually speaking to a friend of mine about this, where he had mentioned where I may see water. He's, um, I think he's doing biochemistry. He's like a double major right now. So he goes, you know, he thinks everything in, 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 scientific terms and in chemistry and things like that. So he goes, where you might see a bottle of water, he's like, I'm thinking H2O and I'm seeing all these scientific parts and moving things. And he gave me a few different examples. I'm not very well versed in all that. So um, I don't want to try to regurgitate it to you because I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. But he gave me different examples of when he looks at things, he sees the science behind it. And the only difference is when he sees the science behind it, for in this particular case, he removes God from that equation. But then you also have others who are also very scientifically minded and also understand the chemistry and all the interworkings of different things. And when they see that, they are almost more in awe of God because they understand, wow, like where I might see the service level understanding of this is just a bottle of water. It's necessary for life. When you break down the chemical compositions and how it reacts with other things and how like all these different stuff, they see how wonderful God's mind works. And even though that's a scratching the surface, it's a deeper understanding and appreciation of the living God to see how he created all these things. But again, he is the beginning and he's the end. He's the, the essence and the starting point when it comes to knowledge. And I also want to point out in Proverbs 1.7 when it says, Arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. I want you to notice that it's not just any instruction. It's godly instruction. And the reason that this is important is because, at least in my life, I've definitely received some ungodly instruction in the past that may or may not have benefited me, that may or may not have helped me in a sense, but I knew that it wasn't the right thing to do. And so I didn't do it. There are things that lead you astray and lead you down a destructive path. In fact, this wasn't even part of my notes that I had here, but I'm going to go ahead and read Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10 
to 19, which says, My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush to evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. So we see in these verses that there are people who are sinful men who will try to lead you to do evil things that may benefit you. But as the verses show, they are these ill-gotten gains, these things that they go after innocent people or they go after, you know, it's, it's, it's a... A zero-sum game, if you will, where one person's winning by taking from the other, right? It's not like it's equal. It's not a win-win situation. It's a win-lose situation. These men ambush themselves because they may receive gains temporarily here on this earth. They may receive gains, but ultimately it takes away the life of those who get it. And again, as we've spoken about, even if people do these things and they may get away with it for the rest of their lives, judgment day will come. Justice will be served and evil will not win. So when you find people who are swift to do evil, who are quick to hurt others for their own personal gains and for their own personal achievements, stay away from those types of people. And in fact, this is actually wonderful because even though reading those verses was not part of my notes, what is part of my notes is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, which says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And the reason in sharing this is because there's a, a wise saying. This is probably more of a modern day proverb, but it's pretty much rooted and based on this principle where the saying is, you may or may not have heard it, you are who your friends are. And that's just, I mean, statistics shows us this. Psychology shows us this. You are the sum of the people you spend the most time with. And this may or may not be something that you may have noticed in your own life, where you might meet a new friend, and after a couple months of hanging out with them, spending time with them, being around them, even if it's just temporarily, whether it's in class or you meet them at the gym, whatever the case is, the more time you spend with them, you're going to start to pick up some of their qualities. And it might not be something voluntary. You might not even want to do it. But if they say things a certain way or if they have like a little catchphrase or something like that, you might find yourself speaking the same way that they speak doing the same things that they do. Because even though, even if you think that you're a strong-minded person, you're not going to be influenced by anybody else, that's just not how, the, how things work. That's not how we're wired or how we're programmed. We rub off on other people and other people rub off on us. So you have to be very mindful of who you spend your time with because as the verse says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You may do your best to be a quote-unquote good person. You may do your best to live up to a high standard. But if you hang around people who don't have that same standard, if you hang around people who, in like in the, the other verses from Proverbs, who are seeking and swift to do evil, you likely are going to fall into that same pattern. You likely, if you're hanging around people who curse often, you're going to find yourself cursing more. If you hang out with thieves, you are going to become a thief, right? If you hang out with people who are drug addicts, you are very likely to become a drug addict yourself. It's just a fact of life. 
So you want to surround yourself with successful people. You want to surround yourself with people who are going to instruct you in a good way and who are going to influence you in a good way to improve yourself, not to bring you down, right? It's oftentimes that we try to help others and it's a good thing, right? You want to um, uplift other people. You want to encourage them. You want to be the helping hand, but you have to be careful that when you reach your hand down to lift them up, that they don't pull you down and drag you down with them. It's good to help others. Do not get me wrong, but you have to be mindful that there are times just like when the disciples went out and Jesus instructed them, if these people don't want to receive this message, you have to shake off the dust from your feet. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. And a lot of times it hurts because you want to see someone do good. You want to encourage them, uplift them. You want to help them and bless them any way you can. But if they don't want to receive it, as much as it may hurt, it may not be forever. Don't get me wrong. You may connect with them in the future and they may break down the walls, open up their hearts and be willing to be helped. But if they're not in that place and if they're not ready themselves, there's just nothing that you can do. It, the Wow, I take that back. The only thing that you can do is pray about it. The only thing that you can do is to ask God to work and move in their lives because he can do what no one can do. He can make a way where there is no way. And that's actually the best advice I've ever received from even before I was a Christian. So even when I was an atheist, I received this advice, which is to pray about it. And everything that you do, pray. And it's the best, to this day, it's the best advice I can ever give to any one of my friends. I can ever give to a stranger, anyone who wants to ask me for advice. It's the best piece of advice I can ever give them. And it's usually the first piece of advice I ever give them. The first thing, whenever anyone asks me for help or guidance, I just ask first, have you prayed about it yet? Even if they don't believe in God, I still ask them, have you prayed about it? And if they don't believe in God, obviously they're going to say no. I, and then the second thing I say is you should pray about it. And again, it's one of those things where um, in the case of those who don't believe in God and are still asking me for advice and guidance, whatever it is, even if they don't want to pray about it after I, because aside from the prayer, I usually try to instruct them in not just my opinion. I don't want to give them only my opinion. My opinion means nothing. I want to give them what the Bible has to say about it. Because that is, as we read, true wisdom. That is true knowledge. That is true understanding. And that's what this whole podcast is about, right? Wise men still seek the Lord. The same way that the three wise men went to go seek after Jesus when he was born, wise men still seek him today. So I always try to give people instruction based off the Bible, not based off my own knowledge or my own understanding or my own wisdom or whatever it is. My opinion is not important at all in the grand scheme of things. What it is important is what the word of God has to say about it. So that's usually what I start off with. I go, you got to pray about it. And then let's see what the Bible has to say. And more often than not, there's always a positive result at the end of it. And even if there's someone who doesn't believe in God, I go, okay, great. Well, guess what? I do believe in God. And since you have asked me for my advice, I love you too much to lie to you. I love you too much to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And even though it has to be done in wisdom. You can't just go ahead and, and tear people down. Sometimes people need harsh realities. Sometimes people need the truth to be spoken to them, even if it hurts a little bit, because ultimately they're going to end up better off than if they continue, than if they're surrounded by just yes men. If they're surrounded by people who just enable them and just tell them to do whatever they want to do without any discipline, without any, you know, it's not a good thing to be surrounded by yeses. You can't just do whatever you want to do all the time. 
and you're going to often lead to ruin if that's all you do is, is self-seek and self-search and, and self-fulfill. You have to do something outside of yourself. And that's actually a piece of wisdom that I received over the weekend when I was talking about how I spoke with that wise man. One of the things that he told me was, you have to be part of something that is bigger than yourself. You can't just be all alone. You can't be isolated. You have to be part of something and you have to serve in something that is greater than just yourself. And that goes with anything in life, whether that's at your job, whether that's at your church, whether that's you as an individual, you have to be part of something that is more important and is bigger than just you. That's a lot of times what gives you a greater purpose. That's oftentimes what holds you accountable. It's something that's important to do. But for all those reasons, that's why it's important not to just seek out any instruction, not just just you can't just ask any old person how to do something or, or you can't just ask just anybody for advice. You need to seek godly counsel. You need to seek someone who has integrity, who has a standard above themselves, who is being held accountable themselves, but someone who's going to lead you, guide you, instruct you, teach you. These are all cinnamons. I don't know why I'm repeating them, but, <laughs> but you want someone who's going to show you from the infallible word of God what you should do. Not just based on their own opinion, experience, wisdom, whatever it is, but based off godly instruction and spiritual guidance. Those are the things that matter and that are important, just as we saw in these verses. So the best advice I've ever given, or I'm sorry, the best advice that I've ever received and that, oh yeah, that I've ever given also is to pray about it. Seek the Lord in that circumstance. Seek the Lord in that situation and trust in him to get you through it. Trust in him to deliver you to lead you, to guide you, and to show you that there is something better on the other side of it. And I promise you that when you place your trust in him, just like his word says, you will not be put to shame. And Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20 says, Listen to counsel, receive instruction, and accept correction, that you may be wise in the time to come. So guys, I hope this episode has blessed you. As always, what I have to say is nowhere near as important as what God has to say. So I want to leave you off with a word from him. And that's found in James chapter 1, verse 5, which says, If any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God, who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. Guys, surround yourself with godly people who will instruct you, who will guide you, who will hold you accountable. Be part of something that is greater than just yourself. Serve others. God bless you. And as always, stay holy. Stay holy.